Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm so scared. I wish I had a ham sandwich to calm my nerves. Yeah. We gotta, like, find a place to hide. Where you going, fuzzy face? Back to the <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. Oh, wait for me. You are listening to the one and only Back to the 80s Radio. Thank you for joining us on another Friday, a gorgeous Friday. Yes, it is raining here in Southern California, but what can you do? At least it's around 60 degrees, and we're not going through a lot of the stuff that, in particular, my compadre in radio crime is going through, and a lot of people back east. You know, some people say that this gentleman sitting next to me hears nothing but Depeche Mode when he puts his earbuds on at night to go to sleep because it relaxes him. It has been said that he has been seen rocking to the tunes holding the hand of Richard Simmons. Here, back to the 80s, we call him the ever-wondrous Chang. Uh, my favorite Italian besides Chef Boyardee, thank you for that warm welcoming. Hello, all my Toscano and Chang fans. You deserve it. Uh, anybody out there that wants to join the Changsters Gangster uh revival it is a page on facebook i do where i play nothing but music so please hit me there leave me a little note on how much you hate me because i love the hate and right here at back to the 80s radio we want to thank all of our listeners and all of us that all of you who follow us on social media for interacting with us uh sending in some of those posts they're ridiculously funny point on keep them coming share the show Tell a friend if you like what you hear. And anytime you can, hit us right here at Back to the 80s and give us a comment, request a song. Maybe you have a changri. Maybe you want a song that sucks so much that you and Toscano can whisper it to each other on the microphone and the phone and lip sing it. Probably something from Foreigner. Uh, Billy Squire, Cure, Depeche Mode. Oh, and probably anything off the crappier albums uh, that Def Leppard made. But you know what? Keep them coming. We love the thumbs down, do do we not, Toscano? What do you love about the thumbs down? Well, the fact that everybody still takes the time to listen and, and takes the time to actually click on a little thumb or on a, on a little night. Oh, I, we absolutely love it. And we love that you're part of the show, no matter what you think of us. But we still love you. And we love the fact that you keep coming back for more. So a big thumbs up to you. A big announcement here on the show. We've got a very special guest today, Michael Thomas Perone, the author of a very special book called Danger Peaks. You want to tune into that because it's literally traveling back to the 1980s. Also, I want to thank every one of you who has been leaving comments throughout the various platforms. It helps out a lot. Thank you for the reviews. We appreciate it. So if you haven't left one yet, I encourage you, please, it helps us out a lot. Go over and leave us a review wherever you listen to the Back to the 80s radio show. 
When we come back, Chang, you're going to bring us back because I know you're going to take us out with a song. Boys and girls, you are listening to Back to the 80s Radio. That's right. We are in cahoots and a family member of K-Hits 92.5 where we keep the 80s vibe alive. We got something from Armored Saint from Los Angeles, California. So metal up and get yourself something to drink and let's get back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Shadow Stevens, and you must listen to Back to the 80s Radio. It's the law. 
you are back with Toscano and Chang right here back to the 80s radio that was everybody's favorite band back in the 80s from Los Angeles or was just my personal favorite I met those guys up in El Serena Pasadena area that was armored taint with John Bush taking the lead in that era it's going to be a little bit of a deep show so you guys are going to enjoy it and you may get some information that can help you if not help yourself help somebody out and uh, I'm talking about a topic that will be brushed upon. Uh, me and Toscano have, have danced upon this topic many a times, uh, both uh, personally or on the show at times. And I'm talking about bullying. I'm talking about the age of bullying and, and why it fits in with what we do here at Back to the Age Radio and what the show is about. Now, in the 80s, we had a lot of hateful uh, bullying, and that came from very large groups and very close-minded people. Well, here we are nowadays, and we're right back square in the middle of this disease, this cancer, which I refer to as bullying. Uh, we have cyberbullying, uh, and, and me and Toscano have talked so many times about this. Uh, if you have a, a comment about bullying, please chime in, leave us a message, get some uh, strain off your chest. Maybe you have a story. But uh, tonight, we're going to try to keep it fun, try to keep it light, but that is a topic that is also delicate that we... Uh, as products of the 80s, need to maybe start teaching our younger generations why bullying cannot continue, uh, the damages it, it has to do, suicides, overdoses, accidents, murder, rape, uh, you name it. it. It all stems from some type of a power kick. No, I think it's absolutely true. And just to give you guys a little idea of what we're going through now compared to the 80s, Cyberbullying just among tweens. Tweens are the ages between 9 and 12. So right before those teenage years, one in five tweens, right? One in five kids has been cyberbullied. And that cyberbullying, of course, is online through either social media, gaming apps. Kids go to these sites to connect with other kids. Even if they don't connect directly, such as leaving comments, they can get cyberbullied like that. 69% of tweens say that they have been bullied by their own friends. Two-thirds of these kids are willing to, to step in and defend, but the majority are not. And here's one of the things that troubles me, Chang. Bullying among students with disabilities has quadrupled since the 80s. And if you want to know where I'm finding this information, you can go to pacer.org and uh, look up the stats. It's, it's pretty incredible because I said to myself, are you kidding? Bullying of students with disabilities. I mean, it's always happened, but to the rate that it is now, it's absolutely incredible. So just keep that in mind. And what you were saying about people and kids and uh, getting involved with drugs and alcohol and going the way of suicide, it's very, very relevant and very serious today. We just wanted to mention that during the show because it's, I think it's of vital importance here at Back to the 80s Radio, we do take it very seriously, whether it's cyberbullying or bullying in person or bullying in any other fashion. It's completely wrong, and we want to fight against it as much as we can. These are important subjects that we need to touch on once in a while. Not everything was fun and games in the 80s, and if we can make a difference at least in one person's life, we've done our job. Now stay right where you are, because up next, we've got Michael Thomas Perone, author of Danger Peak. So let's go back to the 1980s. You probably don't know how much words can hurt, but cyberbullying is real. Whether it's in person or behind the screen, just a comment or an unnecessary share, words can hurt us all. 
Words can affect lives. Words can even end lives. This message has been brought to you by your friends that care. Hey everybody, this is Steve Ogiri, and you're listening to Back to the 80s Radio. Welcome back. This is Back to the 80s Radio. As promised, we've got Michael Thomas Perone, an award-winning author who's written for The Baltimore Sun, The Baltimore City Paper, The Island Ear, among others. He's written for Fatherly and Yahoo. I mean, the list goes on and on. Michael, today we're going to be talking about your book, Danger Peak. Talk to us a little bit about your book and then give us a, a little background on you as the author. Well, Danger Peak is a coming-of-age action-adventure novel set in the late 80s. It's about a brave 13-year-old boy named Robert Kinn who wants to climb and defeat a magical mountain in the center of his town that killed his brother the year before. So in order to try to beat the mountain, he builds a super-powered motorbike with his two best friends and the unintentional help of their eccentric technology teacher. He's sort of the quasi-villain of the book. And the hook of the book is, what's on top of Danger Peak? There's something special on top, but to find out what it is, you have to read the book. So talk to us a little bit about, about you as the author. How, how do you relate with the 80s? Well, I grew up in the 80s. I was a kid of the 80s. You know, it's my nostalgia sweet spot. That's why I subscribe to all these YouTube channels and uh, Twitter accounts devoted to the 80s. I grew up on Long Island. I'm still there now. And, you know, life for me back in the 80s was simple. You know, like everyone else when you're a kid, I spent most, spent most of my time riding bikes around town with my two best friends. That was a major inspiration for my book, one of the inspirations. Uh, we also, of course, love playing video games, especially Nintendo, another inspiration for the book. So, you know, I hung out, hung out had fun. I listened to great music, so a bunch of awesome movies, didn't have too many worries, and those are my memories of the 80s. How did you come up with the idea for, for writing the book? Is it just strictly nostalgia? Was it written before COVID and all that stuff? It was written way before COVID. In fact, it was written in 1988, the short story version. Oh, wow. I short story, yeah, I wrote a short story version of the book in 1988 when I was 11 years old. Now you know how old I am. So I had a few main inspirations for writing it. Uh, the first was the old school 8-bit Nintendo game Excitebike. I don't know if you remember it. It was one of those programmable games where you build your own course. And one day I built a giant ramp that looked like a mountain. And I wondered what would be on top of that mountain. So that was kind of the genesis of the idea. Uh, another inspiration for the book was the various misadventures I had with my two best friends riding bikes around our neighborhood. We didn't ride motorbikes, but we rode regular bicycles, but I thought motorbikes would be more interesting for the reader. Uh, and the last inspiration, unfortunately, was the death of my brother in 1986, the Nintendo Game bike, the adventures I had riding my bike around with my friends, and the death of my brother to write this book. That's why Robert Kim is trying to avenge his brother's death. That's one of the main reasons why he's trying to climb this mountain. Talking about video games, what was your, your, your particular favorite video game or arcade, even though it was in, in Long Island. But talk to us a little bit about your experiences going, growing up through, through that arcade era. I mean, my, if you're talking about Nintendo games, my favorite game was Castlevania. I still remember exactly where I was when I saw it. It was my best friend's house. He rented it. And I walked in. I'm like, what is that? It was like exactly what I wanted. I mean, you had a whip. It was horror themed. It was, you know, these witches and Medusa heads. And it just blew my mind. You know, it's like, I got to get this game. That was my favorite Nintendo game of arcade games i mean this is probably well I, I guess it would be late i was gonna say 90s probably late 80s uh, the first teenage mutant Ninja Turtle game the arcade beat em up game i love that game also the batman game based on the movie from 1989 i love love the beat em up games isn't it interesting that no matter how much games have advanced today they were still harder to beat back then <laughs> isn't that <laughs> yeah, weird weird donkey kong yeah, oh that was a I don't know, killer. No, yeah, I could I, never get past the second level in Donkey Kong. You know what? I, I think one time, one time ever, I went to the third level 
I was so excited, but it was on my last man, my last life. And I tried it one time, my level three, I tried it one time. I got killed. Never again was I able to go to level three. Burned through a lot of quarters, I bet. <laughs> Holy moly. My dad used to give me a roll of quarters, you know, every Friday. I used to get a roll of quarters. Now, that that's a lot of money for, you know, for a kid. So what does your family think about your your feelings about the 80s? Did they also grow up in the 80s? And- uh, well, I mean, my sister did. Uh, but for the most part, they tease me about it. They definitely think I'm obsessed with it. I kind of see their point. I mean, it's not 100% healthy to live in the past, but I just can't help myself. You know, I had such a good time in the 80s. I'm always filled with warm memories when I think of that decade. I mean, of course, not every time was perfect, but, you know, we, we, when you're nostalgic, you kind of like forget about all the bad things that happened to you. You kind of have to. How else do you live? And I, I often say, you know, if I grew up in the 60s, maybe Danger Peak would be filled with references to Bell Bottoms, the Beatles, and Woodstock, you know? It's, like, it's just the world I was used to growing up. So it's filled instead with references to Ghostbusters, Star Wars, and Indiana Jones. <laughs> you know, a lot of people uh, I've heard in the past tell others, stop living in the past. But the problem is, they don't understand that we're not really living in the past, but our experiences of the past are responsible for what we are going through right now in a way. And those same experiences, because we don't have them anymore, we knew how good it was. It's okay to, to go back to nostalgia and to go back to your memories. I mean, that's why, that's why we do back to the 80s. You know, we're living in the modern age, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. You know what I mean? <laughs> doesn't mean I have to like it. Holy smokes. First of all, you know, I made reference to this. That's a good take. I'm going to use that take. When my family teases me, I'm going to use your take. In our past show, we were locked out of our social media for two weeks out of uh, from Facebook because I was hacked. Like at three in the morning, I started getting text messages from Facebook. They were attempting to log into my account from like all over the world at the same time. So it took me two weeks. And I said, look, if I lose it all, I'm done. Never again. I'm done with social media. It's just too much work, you know? It's kind of similar to what you were saying. I'm just going to sound ironic on a podcast, <laughs> but uh, I kind of wish technology wasn't completely controlling so much of our lives right now. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons why I set the book in the 80s, besides being a love letter to my childhood, is that I didn't want any smartphones. I don't want any social media. I don't want any internet, et cetera, in the story. Once you make that decision, the latest your story can take place is the late 80s, early 90s, because after that, forget it. Technology just completely took over. And it's, you know, it's easy for you and me to say that, but kids have no idea. Like, I'll give you a quick example. A couple of years ago, my daughter, she was four or five at the time. She was watching a show and she was on TV and she was done with it. She went up to it and she started swiping the TV screen as if it was a touch screen. Like wow. when I was five or six, even when I was 10 or 12, it would have never occurred to me to go up to the TV and start swiping. It's, you know, another example. I was in Starbucks last year. There's a group of teenage girls walked in. I knew they were together because they were around the same age and they were dressed the same. And they got in line behind me and they formed a semicircle. But instead of talking to each other, they were staring down at their phones. I thought that was so sad. You know, when I was a kid, I went to the movies with my friends, for example. We weren't staring at some device in our hand. We were actually interacting with each other. It's like, hey, what do you think the movie's going to be about? And are you getting popcorn again? Oh, you always put too much butter. Ha, ha, ha. And I feel like we're kind of lost something there. Like, I know this makes me sound like an old man, but I feel like we're raising an entire generation that doesn't know how to talk to each other. We've talked about this tons of times on the show. And I always go back to it with the loss of, for example, video rentals and, and, and even malls nowadays, right? They're all dying off. So I always tell people, you know what? We have traded as a society, we have traded the experience, right, for convenience. And, and that is horrible because now we've brought up a whole new generation. And the generation coming after that is going to be even worse because they're going to be totally dependent on AI, right? They, don't, they won't even know how to write with their hand. 
which is yeah. amazing. Well, now they got software to replace me. And they got AI writing software. You, you have a prompt. Hey, write a story. Send the A's about a kid who wants to conquer a magic mountain. Okay, here's 200 pages. And that's it. It's like, well. Yeah, yeah. Well, for, for, from, a, from a computer that knows nothing except for just certain facts that it picks here and there from, from stories. Yeah, which is ridiculous. All right. So if you could go back to change one thing, right? Let's not talk about changing your whole life. But if you could go back and just to change one thing, one little thing back then, what would it be? Uh, it's kind of a melancholy answer, but I have to be honest, I would have probably spent more time playing with my brother. You know, as I said, he passed in 86 and I ended up dedicating Danger Pete to him. It's one of the first things you see when you open a book that says for Steven. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write the book, you know, it's kind of a tribute to him. Well, we're definitely going to make sure that people get out there and check out your book as soon as possible. So how can how can people get a hold of either you and, you know, in order to get your book, how can people get a hold of the book? Uh, Danger Peaks available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. If you want to shop locally, you can just ask for it at your neighborhood bookstore and they'll order it from Ingram. Also on dangerpeak.com. Had several people tell me this is the greatest 80s movie never made. So if you want to travel back in time without a DeLorean, pick up a copy of Danger Peak. Appreciate you, Michael. Hey, this is Laurie Miller from the first and original Expose. And you're listening to Back to the 80s Radio with Toscano and Jane. Today, we want to continue very briefly. We want to touch on the things that continue to suck back in the 80s. Hey, Chang, you know, one of the things that really sucked back in the 80s, some of the ugliest cars that I have ever seen. Now, granted, a lot of these cars come with ugliness from back in the 70s. Some of these cars, look, the Yugo. Remember the Yugo? It was a $3,900 brand new car that a kid that was seven years old can pick up and probably toss over his shoulder and put it on his backpack. One of the ugliest cars, along with the Gremlin, Pacer, and the GMC Hornet. Now, you're talking about cars that were converted from a baby stroller and put a lawnmower engine in them. And then, <laughs> uh, what, they melted down, what, I'd say about a dozen and a half uh, Mountain Dew uh, aluminum cans and they framed it and bodied it up. Is that the vehicle you're talking about? Even the name alone, Yugo. Well, you know, the 80s was the 80s was popular for a lot of unpopular and cheesy things. And one of those was car. Ugly. We had some ugly ass cars. bro. We did. We did. Uh, I can name a few that in my own family uh, were mm. prevalent. And one of them was, for example, the 1980 Chevy Monza. How about those Granadas? Oh, the Granada. Yes. The Monza. The, the Monza. Granada. The Granada. You remember that, How bro? about the Maverick? I don't oh. know if the Maverick continued to be made in the <gasps> 80s, uh, but it was a disgusting The Maverick. A disgusting car. Just kind of went, hey, I'm going to buy a Maverick. You think you're going to get a sporty, fast little car like a Mustang, right? Yeah. It's going to rev. No. It's got a V8. No. It's going to be small. <laughs> the Maverick ran with a V8. Yep. It had those grandma rims on it, and they matched the same color of the car, those cheesy Maverick hubcaps. Yeah. And then the back looked like it got hit and smashed flat, <laughs> and then it rolled into a smooth, luxurious-looking car. So from the front, the Maverick was like a mullet, the yes. mullet of cars. Yes, It looked ready and sleek for business in the front, and in the back, it was flat and racked 
and just straight up and down and ready for the party in a Maverick. Here's a funny story. My sister and my brother-in-law had a Maverick, and this thing was like a metallic green. Uh, and me and my buddy, uh, Ramey, I, I've mentioned to you, uh, God rest his soul. Uh, he's my homeboy, that my best friend. Uh, we, we used to roll out in this Maverick, you know, trip out in this. We would ask my sister for the Maverick, right? We both had some jobs, so we would roll out in this thing on a Friday or a Saturday night. We always cruised to Hollywood. We would take the hubcaps off this Maverick, put some other hubcaps that I had got that were in the back of uh, his pad, and we would change the hubcaps, make it look racy. We would get an Iron Maiden. Uh, we had one of these big old backdrop Iron Maiden sheets that you could hang, right. you know, uh, up in your room and stuff. We used to put that pinned up on the back window, fold it in, overlapping the back seat, right. and then we put his boombox in. Ah. It. And this thing would crank with detachable speakers up under our seats, right? Then we would roll down to Hollywood, cranking metal, dude. And if you looked in the car, it looked like two metal cats. But this car, if if it, when I would push it to 52, it would start shaking back and forth. You know, like those baby carriages that you have where you, you press a button, it shakes your baby to sleep. Yeah. That's how this <laughs> Maverick would roll. It didn't roll like a horse. It rolled like a three-legged jackass, but hideous ass car. <laughs> hideous ass car. Uh, according to Motor Trend, the magazine Motor Trend, a lot of people are going, what the heck's a magazine? Uh, according to Motor Trend, they came up with a list of the ugliest cars in the 80s. I can brush through them. Uh, a couple of them I don't agree, but the majority I do. Uh, one of them, you'll remember this, mm. the 1980 Chevrolet Citation. That was an... Oh, yeah. That was an, the name alone. <laughs> now the, I got a citation. Were you speeding? Yeah, yeah. Now, the one about? I don't agree... <laughs> Is is because I had a friend who had it, and it was just a superbly uh, comfortable car and beautiful inside. Uh, and I used to like it on the outside. But the 1980 Cadillac Seville with that weird slanted back, the, it's called the bustle back. And yes. it, it was just a weird looking car, but it was a... It too looked like it was hit. Yeah, but it was... Didn't it? It looked like it got in an accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was, a, uh, it was a Cadillac. Uh, the 1980 yeah. Fiat... Panda, that was another disgusting car that, that we didn't really have too many Fiats. And along with the 1980 Toyota Corolla Tercel, remember that? Yes, I remember that. Uh, as a matter of fact, Mrs. Chang had one of those back in the early 80s. So I will not talk. <laughs> I can't talk about that car. The next car I would have mentioned is going to freak some people out. The 1984 Ford Tempo. Remember that car? That thing was ugly. Oh, I think that wasn't that one of the first models where they try to go like space age. Uh, and the name alone. Uh, you know what? Tempo? I don't know. No, I think the space age one was the 1987 Nissan Pulsar NX. It was like kind of a, a weird station wagony thing. It was all glass in the back. It was like a half car and half ice yes. cream truck. It was just disgusting. Yes, you're right. You're right. You are. So what about the Cougar? You know, that's, that actually made the list as well as one of the ugliest cars. And I actually liked the the Cougar uh, along with the Thunderbird. You know what? I, I liked the Thunderbird. Uh, here's the things I did like about the Cougar. I didn't think the body style was that bad. You know what I mean? The, the inside was kind of comfortable, but I just didn't like the kind of big nose front end. It, how it, you know, how right, it, I right. just didn't, I didn't like that kind of look, but I mean, it, it rode smooth. In particular, you're, yeah, you're talking about the, like the 1984 
Cougar, the 1984 Lincoln Mark uh, mm. 7, and the Thunderbird, they all had the yes. same line, probably because they were made at the same yeah, Ford company. Exactly. Just like GMC and, and Chevy, same company, same vehicle. I used to hate uh, going to uh, play miniature golf, right? And uh, you know what I used to just really hate? Uh, when the attendant would look at you weird when you knocked in 12 balls already into a little lake. And you know what I'm saying? They just, uh, I used to hate the treatment I got. They, they always thought they were better than me. The guy would always act like it was a professional golf course. You cannot hate that. And that was nothing to do with the 80s. That was just you being mischievous and them uh, calling you out for it. I mean, come on. Oh, come on, man. You can't tell me that that little pimple face kid was more authoritative and powerful and more knowledgeable of the game than me. Can you believe it that on many lists about things that sucked in the 80s, there is a song and a band that is very hated? And I don't really understand why, because I love this song and I like this band. The song is called We Built This City by Starship. From oh, I hate that song. It's been slammed by numerous outlets. It was named as the worst song of all time by Blender, whoever that is or whatever that is. I agree. But here's the thing. In 1986, it was nominated for a Grammy. Who knew? Mm. You know what? I agree with those, indivi those individualists. Of, of course you do. That version of that band. I, I The only thing I hated more than that version of that band or that song was seeing that version of that band on MTV. Now tell me something. Why is it that you hate that song so much? Why is it? Because it's not Gray yeah. Slick. It's not Gray Slick. I want to hear what? Jefferson Airplane, not Jefferson Starship. Oh, I don't want to hear that's... about... No. No, you can't hate a song because of who you wanted the band to be prior and they changed. You listen, can't do listen, that. Listen here. Listen oh, here, you, you... Okay, hold on. What before, a hater. Before you jump on the Mickey Mouse Club bandwagon of being nice guy, let me explain to you. That guy that sang uh, Mickey, what, I forget his name. That's how much I hated him. Mickey something or other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got me with that one. Finally, right. I don't know something about music. Uh, yeah. Anyway, he looked like uh, Daryl Hall, didn't he? Didn't he look like Oates? <laughs> didn't he look like yes, uh, he, Hall uh, and Oates? A little, he a like, little. He looked yeah. like him. Or he looked like Davey Lopes, second baseman of the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> Uh, on that great uh, infield lineup during the 1970s, which consisted of Steve Garvey at first base, Davey Lopes at second base, Bill Russell at shortstop, and the Penguin, number 10, Ronnie Say at third base. That, that was it? That's it. Name another car that that uh, you would think I would hate. Let's see, let's see if you can... Well, another car? Another car, yeah. That, yeah, I want to see if you really know my true hate of cars. Off the top of your oh. head. Well, you would have probably hated the very first Nissan Stanza minivan that came out. Oh, that was hideous. It looked like a <laughs> a, a butter uh, container. You just wanted to step on it and crush it. L let me tell you something else that I really think sucked back in the 80s. And that was when you were lost trying to find an address. Because if you didn't have a Thomas Guide or any kind of a map, you had to rely on the directions that you were given. And if you couldn't find it that way, what did you have to do? You either had to call that person, look, I'm lost. And if they didn't answer the phone, you'd have to stop, pull over at a gas station or ask some hoodlum down the street, which most likely sent you in a wrong direction. Oh. Do you remember that? 
You know what? I remember that. I remember going to gas stations and looking at the map there and them trying to guide me. And I also remember getting lost even after I went to the attendant and looked at the map and end up in a, in a crazy neighborhood, right? But as you know, the Chang, yeah. I am no stranger to the hood, the barrio. You know, I found a website called thehistorycollection.com. It was written by probably somebody who, who gets insulted and, and just uh, whines for everything. Uh, here's some of the things that they say were horrible about the 1980s. They said, well, no one really had quick access to information. Wow. Uh, Ronald Reagan's presidency. You'd probably agree with that. Here's something funny. The economy was awful for most people. And they were saying that that it was much worse than today. No, I don't think so. Today, no matter how much you make, $10 for a loaf of bread is not worse than it was in the 80s. Okay. People were always insulting others. Oh, boo hoo. You know, that, that it's sad to know that the, the birth of a Karen was coming in in the 80s. We're going to take you out with a song right now. Come back with more hate. We're going to take you out right now because the government is always aware of the hate. And as long as they keep an eye on us, they will penetrate the hate. This is Judas Priest with Electric Eye off of Screaming for Vengeance. You are listening to Toscano and Chang. Keep the hate going. You got some more hate, Toscano? The fact that you're only bringing metal as songs? Yeah. Okay. No. Go ahead. Uh, you, no, wait a minute. I'm going for a double <laughs> shot. You didn't let me finish. Oh, and I'm brother, also going to play something that is dedicated to my good buddy right here, Toscano. And that is something from White Snake. Oh, yeah, baby. Slide it in going out to Toscano. You're listening to Back to the 80s Radio. Don't you go nowhere. <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Back to the 80s.
Back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. Oops, wrong station. <clears throat> Now, 
Back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. You're listening to Back to the 80s Radio. We are back from a set of great songs dedicated to the wondrous Chang you just heard always by Atlantic Star and Belinda Carlisle with Heaven is a Place on Earth. Oh. Directly and dedicated to you, my friend. This is uh, the show where we are continuing a part two, talking about the things that we thought sucked back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, before we go, Cheng, there are a few more things that we thought that really, really sucked back in the 80s. You know, one of those things was? Besides those songs? When you did not, <laughs> when you did not have coins and you had to make a phone call, you had two choices. You either made a collect call, which nobody ever wanted to oh, yeah. accept unless it was a real emergency. And number two was you had to buy a calling card. Remember that? Oh, I remember the first calling cards. I hated the calling card. You know what I hated about having to go to a pay phone back in the 80s? You ever put your money in and it robs you of your money and you don't get yeah. the phone call and yeah. then you're banging it and banging it and banging it and you still don't get your money? Man, I used to hate that. <laughs> Sounds like a bad night on Beach Boulevard. Uh, so <laughs> because we didn't have access to the Internet like today, so if you wanted to get any kind of information, it had to be through books. Now, particularly, let's say you wanted to uh, order some pizza and you wanted to get the phone. You know, you couldn't order online, so you had to find the phone number for the pizza man. And where was that? Oh, that beautiful section in the Yellow Pages. You know, it was the only section in the Yellow Pages, the, the most used section in the Yellow Pages in any neighborhood was two, two, two particular departments under the letter P. One was pizza. That was the number one most used section in the Yellow Pages. And number two that started with the letter P was for plumbing. Do you remember that? Plumbers. Yes. I also remember those were, uh, they, they were the, the only two pages that you could sometimes not find in those phone books that were at the payphone areas. Remember every now and then they had those plastic <laughs> covers, you open them up. I swear to you, a lot of times the P of plumbing and pizza were missing. And I would be like, wow, you know, some stoners driving around taking all the pizza, yeah. yellow pages out and the plumbing because they must eat so much pizza. They're going to go home and be in need of a plumber. If that's not too much cheese, I don't know what is. Oh, man, you know what? I, uh, one thing I did hate back then, uh, back in the 80s, I hated when a DJ would play uh, one or two good songs and then come in with a shitty song. And you're like, oh, man, uh, that was almost to me, that was almost like getting caught masturbating. It Wait just, a second. You're so in the rhythm. You're in the rhythm. And it's like, oh, man. What, when did you ever like DJs? When you're not, I don't picture you. No, I no, I'm not, not talking the about the DJ. That... I'm not talking about the DJ in the club who is spinning white lines. Yeah, that's what uh, I thought. You know, I'm not talking about that DJ. I'm talking about the DJ on FM radio, oh. terrestrial radio. <laughs> you know, the forefathers of doing what me and you sure, are doing right here sure. and trying to bring back to the lovely boys and girls of the 80s and beyond. That's what I thought. Yeah, because uh. ladies and gentlemen that are listening, you know you would never catch Chang at any kind of a party where there's a DJ uh, rocking with vinyl, unless unless he was really after uh, that that girl, probably. Am I right? Ladies, ladies. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you I, were after I, that you know Madonna I, girl. I, I hated, I hated anybody that was a Awana Madonna. And here's why. Here's why. Hear me out. That's because, to me, 
it was like I was going to taste cosmetics until I tasted the juice. And that's a lot of uh, that's a lot to handle, especially if you're a little allergic to some of the cosmetics. Well, you were so you, the Wanda you were, Madonna's. You were used to powder, so it shouldn't be such a such a big stretch. Well. You know what? The only powder I ever used was uh, between my butt cheeks before I went out to capture the 80s ladies, the metal queens of yeah. uh, my era, because I wanted to stay fresh. Yeah, of course. You know, you because did. sometimes, you know, you, you, you perspire. Yeah. Oh, that's another story. Why are we talking about I, I hate when you bring up. Yeah, let's things. let's get away from uh, the middle of your ass cheeks. But yes, I do. I, I did hate uh, the Wanda Madonna. So it, to me, it got a little bit too... Overrated. What about uh, when Miami Vice came out and you had guys dressing up as Crockett and Tubbs? Oh, I hated anybody that wore deck shoes with no yeah, socks. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I was like, man, what is up with that look? I mean, come on. How can you actually chase a bad guy in a form of shoe that could slip on and off very easily? You're going to be on high foot pursuit. It's going to slip off. You're going to tweak your ankle, fall. Scuff up your toes. No, you're not going to look sexy like Don Johnson. Right, brother? You're going to need the aid of medical help from Johnson & Johnson. That was that show was, that show to me looked like, wow, both these guys look like George Michael. One's black, one's white. And who are they chasing? Come on. Uh, you know who I saw for the very first time in one of the episodes? That was Ben Stiller. He came out in one of the episodes. He was behind a counter at a store, like in a mall, he was an informant. Wow. I'll have to look back at that. Yeah, look episode. up, uh, go to YouTube, go to YouTube and type in, you know, Ben Stiller on Miami Vice. He was a kid. And also remember Cheech is in that, bro. I don't remember that. Uh, but then again, I only watched it from time to time because of the cars. I really... And the, and the, and the fashion. Yeah, yeah right. sometimes the fashion. And the you know who I didn't like in the show? I didn't like Edward James Olmos. Oh, Edward you know James why? Olmos? Because of his monotone character. We use informants for their knowledge of the street, not as reinforcements. You should have asked me first. Get them off the case. Uh, I, I, I love the guy. The guy uh, grew up, you know, uh, where I did, between Montebello and East Los Angeles. He went to Montebello High School. Uh, went to high school uh, in the same year as my older sister Yolanda did. And also, he is a older, the oldest brother to a friend of mine that I went to uh, grammar school and high school with. Uh, this chick named Jamie that I uh, was one of my good friends, uh, my homegirls from St. Benedict's. That was her brother. I remember going to go see Olmos play. He played, he portrayed El Pachuco in the play Zoot Suit, which was cracking back, you know what I mean? The the, the late 70s, early 80s. It was at the Mark Tabor Forum uh, Museum in L.A. So I dug that dude on everything. But I understand on, on that TV show, he was a little bit too calm for the action that they were trying to have on the show. They, that, yeah. They needed... Uh, Which was so, so weird. They needed a guy like the guy, remember Huggy Boy? I mean, uh, you remember the... Uh, Cop on Starsky and Hutch. Remember that captain, the heavy set brother yes, that was yes, real mean. Just, he looked yeah, like yeah. He looked like a guy that just yeah. took his football <laughs> helmet off, and he was on the front line. I mean, they needed somebody like that. What else uh, did you hate in the eighties on TV? Tell me. Um, any show that had a lot of adult humor, adult, uh, not adult like sexual humor. That was funny to me. But anything with like drama or anything that type of show. Mm -hmm. 
I wasn't, you know, believe it or not, I didn't like WKRP in Cincinnati. And uh, I'm, you know, wow. we're in radio. That is insane. Yeah. Now, did you like Dallas? No, I hated Dallas too. But, you know. I watched Dallas for so many different reasons. I liked, I, all the chicks were hot. And I thought JR was a pretty cool character. He was a son of a bitch. What, what about Falcon, Falcon Crest? Now, I hated that show, Falcon Crest. The name alone, Falcon Crest. Come on. When I heard that, Falcon Crest. Is, I don't, what, what, what the hell's Falcon Crest? You have been listening to Back to the 80s Radio. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang. We appreciate you hanging around with us as we talk about the things that make us laugh now. But there were things that we took serious back then and we really hated, specifically the DJ talking over the intro of your songs when you were trying to make a mixtape. We absolutely hated that. And we were yelling at the at the person on the radio, uh, you know, to shut up. I'll never forget that. Trying to make a mixtape and screaming at the DJ to shut up during oh. the intro. I hate it when you're trying to make a mixtape and the tape breaks. Man, I used to get so goddamn mad, bro. I'd be, son of a bitch. I bet you I know what you hated. I bet you hated anybody that had more colored members-only jackets than you. This is Chang saying to all of you, good night. Have a Chang-tastic week. Remember, you count, you matter. You're just as good as the next person next to you. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for something bigger than you. And always stand tall. So until next Friday, is that not right, Tusky baby? Friday is our day. Oh, it's Italian love day. I bid you a sayonara. Hasta la mañana. Hasta la vista. Hasta luego. And to everybody out there in every barrio and walk of life. Orale. And on behalf of the madness here on Back to the 80s Radio, this is Toscana wishing you nothing but the very best. And now let's say hello to the weekend with the police. Don't stand so close to me on Back to the 80s Radio. See you next weekend. Young teacher, the subject of school girl fantasy She wants him so badly Knows what she wants to be Inside her there's longing This girl's an open page Bookmarking she's so close now